Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Matt Wheeler. Matt is Managing Partner of Wheeler Accountants, LLP, a full-service tax and accounting firm in Silicon Valley. Matt is co-host of the podcast Avocado Toast, which concentrates on giving financial and tax information and advice to Henry's, which as of a week ago, I had no idea what a Henry was. So I'm going to let Matt define that. But before we go there, uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I think it's my first time being a guest on a podcast. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. That's a, I had my first time a couple of weeks ago, which will be released about the time your podcast here is released. So yeah, it's fun. I, I, I'm I got a feeling we're going to have a good time today. So, so first thing that, that I want to dump right into is what the heck is a Henry? <laughs> what is a Henry? Great question. Um, I only learned about this a couple of years ago myself, but when I heard it, I loved it. <clears throat> because uh, it describes a lot of a lot of uh, some of the early clients we get here. I think it's probably most commonly associated with some of the metropolitan areas, you know, and uh, Henry is stands for high earner, not rich yet. So it's anybody that has a relatively high income, but they just don't have that accumulated wealth or anything built up yet. So just they're early in their careers, I'm assuming is it's probably millennial. I don't even know the generations right now. Are we still in millennials or is there a new one now? <laughs> I'm on the older side of millennials. I was born 81. So right. um, yeah, it's uh, mostly millennials, uh, some Gen X, maybe Gen Z now, you know, people that generally yeah, earlier in their career, not a lot of savings. Right, exactly. So, so, so early on making some money, probably no idea what to do, how to handle it, how to manage it, uh, you know, how to start, uh, uh, you know, doing tax money, all those things. So, so how did this become, I mean, I, I assume you consider it a niche. How, was this something you always, well, you only knew what a Henry was two years ago, so you didn't always want to uh, work with Henry's, but the concept of working with these individuals, is it, is it based on uh, just a passion you have? It's based on your location? How did this come about? Yeah, I've always been passionate mostly about individual tax on the individual tax side of things as opposed to the business. <clears throat> and uh, we're located here in Silicon Valley, so I've always had a decent client base of people that had um, equity compensations, like a primary driving factor in their income. So lots with stock options, obviously, and that kind of thing. And uh, I just, I, I started getting lots of referrals for clients that had unique equity comp situations, or they were approaching like a liquidity event or, or something like that. Their company was going IPO, it was going to get bought, they had a lot of stock. So I kept getting a lot of similar clients in this um, space, you know, with the same kind of general fact pattern. And then, you know, they have the same situations and, and opportunities. And so I just started getting a lot more of them and that's how it came into play. All right. Partly it's, it's, you know, Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley. There's uh, probably a lot of that stock options, which I still don't really understand that. Well, you would think I should as a CPA, but that's why you're out there um, advising and, and getting them information. So besides the stock options and that, any, any, and you mentioned unique way to play into the name of the podcast. I appreciate that. So you, you mentioned new unique before as well, but other unique planning advising. I know you have an acronym that I've, I've learned listening to your podcast retire. So I don't know if you want to get into that now or just you know anything's unique that comes up 
Yeah, well, um, I started getting a lot of, you know, more millennials and, and uh, Gen Z types as clients that are making a lot of money, software engineers here in the Valley or whatever, and they have equity. We have a podcast for our firm, Debit This, Credit That. And I invited one of my clients who's also a financial advisor on one time to talk. And we decided to do one on Henry's, you know, as one of our topics. And Eric and I, he's my co-host on the Avocado Toast podcast. We kind of hit it off and we're both really passionate about, you know, financial planning for the, the Henry's millennials. And it just naturally came about. We decided to start the Avocado Toast podcast together to kind of jointly do a podcast targeting these, these types of clients. So Eric has an acronym that he, he brought to the table from his financial planning background called RETIRE. And that stands for you know, risk management, expense management, tax planning, investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. So it covers all the basics of creating a financial plan. And our goal of doing the podcast is to you know, raise awareness and financial literacy, basically. A lot of the Henry's, millennials, or even you know, Gen X or older that people that we encounter, they don't know a lot of some of the basic concepts on tax planning, financial planning, that kind of thing. It's not, these things aren't taught in, in school, in high school or college. You know, everyone's got to figure it out on their own and some people are better than others, but people need this advice. And our goal with the podcast is to target the folks that maybe aren't ready yet to hire a professional. You know, money can be tight when you're a Henry, you're, you're making a lot, but there's also a lot going out the door, especially if you live in Silicon Valley or New York or somewhere where rent's high, childcare's high, you know, all these expenses are really high. There's a lot you can do to save a lot. And there's a lot you can do to save on taxes and uh, take advantage of opportunities available to you, but you have to have the knowledge. And so our goal of this podcast was to spread some of that and target those people earlier. Yeah, it was. So I, I, I've li- listened to quite a few of them and, and starting from the beginning where you do go through that, the retire. And, and it was like, I'm listening to it and I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I'm going, okay, these people just don't know. It's they're, they're starting their careers. And this is something that, you know, at, at 58 years old, I guess I've you know learned over the years. But when you look back, someone 25, 30 years old, it, it, they need that advice. And I've seen that just from, you know, I have kids in the mid 20s and, and, and uh, you know, the thinking that there's obvious things they should know that they just don't know. So I'm, I'm starting personally to do that type of education. But it's cool to see that you're doing that. Um, do you want to go through the the uh, expand that? I mean, the risk management seems pretty obvious. You know, you know, make sure you have insurance to protect anything that's catastrophic. Well, that's the thing. Seems obvious to you and me. Yeah, but it's not, but it's not to a lot of people, and that's no. why it's important that we we go over those things. So the risk risk management, expense management, and tax planning those I kind of consider the foundation, the baseline. You know, risk management, obviously want to protect your downside. So we cover a lot on, uh, you know, things like getting term life insurance, which is inexpensive and hopefully you don't need it. But if you, if something terrible does happen and, and, you know, one of you passes away early and you have small kids or something, you're going to need to have that, that money. So we cover, you know, basics like that. Expense management, also, again, kind of like a baseline thing, making sure you have an emergency fund built up, making sure you learn some basic budgeting techniques. And we have a, a rule we call the 50-20-30 rule for budgeting, which is kind of easy to understand and use, you know, things like that. And then tax plan, just understanding some basics on how taxes work, you know, what you should expect, uh, trying to dispel some of the common, you know, myths like, you know, getting a refund and when you file your taxes, it's like some windfall or something. It's your money the government's had the whole year, you know, things like that. So right. 
we try and just lay the foundation with those. And then investments, retirement planning, you know, those are more starting to build upon the foundation. So starting to learn some basics about how investments work, going over the various types of investments. What's a stock? What's a bond? What's a mutual fund? How do they work? How do the fee structure work on those? What kind of returns can you expect over the long term? Why you shouldn't try and time the market and, you know, do all your own day trading stuff. Or if you do only do it with a tiny little play account and don't do it with the entire nest egg, right? And then uh, retirement planning, a similar kind of thing, understanding the retirement plans available to you, taking advantage of your employer match. If you have a 401k, understanding what a IRA is or a Roth IRA, how they work. And then the last piece of it is estate planning, which, you know, for Henry's, it's not that important from the standpoint of trying to save on estate taxes because they're not wealthy yet and the limit's very high, but getting the basic structure in place, a will and a trust, understanding why those are important to have, understanding you need to name beneficiaries on your accounts, just basic practical things like that. Yeah, that that's you know when I was listening to it, it's just like that's a, that's amazing. I, I I love the idea that you came up with here to give this advice. The funny thing is. I was talking to someone yesterday who actually uh, 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 you and I were talking about also before this and, and, and yesterday a little bit. And she was asking me about whether I've ever educated, done any teaching for kids growing up because she said her son, who's in, I think, middle school right now. They had a short-term financial planning class, which she said was unbelievable. And she said, the, my kid's never going to leave this school because the, the stuff that they're teaching them now, she was never taught. And to hear that they were starting that that early, that she was just thrilled out. So uh, I think you'll be talking to her soon. So she'll be thrilled to hear that you're doing this as well. That's pretty cool. So um, yeah, starting that, that process uh, early, I think is great. So here's a question I have when you're dealing with these, these clients. Is this a more of a long play from a from a client standpoint? I mean, right now you've got when you're dealing with them, you got a you got personally as the tax advisor, tax preparer, the tax return, and then there's probably some unique things that come in when the stock options and all that. But then you know, as they grow the wealth, and you know, maybe there's a business involved, and maybe there's an exit strategy down the road. And obviously, you haven't got, I'm assuming, to that point with these clients since it's a fairly new process. But really. I'm just curious if that's if that's what you see this going, growing this, and then as they grow, obviously there's more opportunities for you. Yeah, that's exactly it. I get a lot of the referrals, like I said, but a lot of times they don't come to me until you know immediately before the liquidity event, right? They wait till the last minute, and that's when they get the intro. I'm like, you know, oh, hey, I got this seven or eight figure windfall coming. I need some tax help now. I've been doing TurboTax this whole time. They'll come to me at that point, and a lot of times. You know, I'm sure your lot of lis- listeners can relate to this. Someone comes to you and it's too late to to really take advantage of some of the real big tax breaks available. Like, you know, I deal a lot with what's called qualified small business stock, for example, with the tech companies, and that has to have like a five-year holding period on your share. So if you didn't acquire early, you blew it sometimes, and that can be gigantic tax savings. So part of the motivation behind the podcast is to get some of that advice out to some of those people earlier when they're not necessarily willing to, you know, hire me or another CPA at the early stage, but at least start to get them some of that knowledge. And then, yeah, hopefully they're going to funnel into us and become a, a real client, you know, if you will, 
uh, when they have actual difficult taxing is going on. And, you know, so far, the ones that have come, they have a liquidity event. A lot of these serial entrepreneur types, you know, they, they're on to the next thing right away. And, you know, they're like, hey, Matt, by the way, do you guys do business taxes and accounting? I'm like, yes, we do. Absolutely. And, you know, so it leads into other stuff uh, relatively quickly. So it, it has been a good pipeline for the other services we offer as well. And so how, so then, which is great to get that pipeline. So how do you start that pipeline though? If, if they're not coming to you, uh, you know, at least now until often that liquidity events happening, what are you doing proactively to get to them earlier, I guess? Well, I have lots of relationships with uh, other financial advisors in the area. So they, they generate the bulk of my inbound referrals. They get to some of these clients a little bit earlier. Silicon Valley Bank has referred me a lot of clients. They do banking for a lot of the startups they'll know about an upcoming transaction sooner. And that's when I get introduced to a lot of the uh, the founders. Often some of the bigger firms are doing like the corporate work, but they're not paying attention to the, the founders or to the, the early shareholders. And so that's an opportunity for us to get in there and, and snag those clients. And then the podcast, the Avocado Toast podcast, that's you know, my other plan to try and get to some of them earlier is by spreading the word there. If they start to get some tips from us, they like what they hear, they're going to come to a point hopefully where they graduate from being a Henry, you know, <laughs> to being a high earner and wealthy. And that's when they can be, you know, one of our clients as well. And then I think you mentioned me before we started taping here, but that you're studying, and I'll get this wrong, but almost like a subscription program to certain aspects of the podcast. How's that work? Our podcast is free. It's out there on iTunes, Spotify, you know, all the usual channels. And we're just launching the Avocado Toast Financial Planning Club. So that's going to be a monthly subscription club you can access. And it's basically going to have additional premium content. We're going to have worksheets and flowcharts and, and articles and all that kind of stuff. It, our target's really these people that are doing DIY financial planning and tax prep now. You know, and they're spending time Googling all kinds of things on how to, you know, how to pick the right 401k options, how to pick the right you know, employer benefits and take advantage of them, all those kind of things. We're trying to consolidate a lot of that into one place and give actionable, uh, practical advice. And then we're also going to do some, you know, live Q&A stuff and that kind of thing. So they can run some of their specific fact pattern items by, you know, a CPA and a CFP and get some little more targeted advice without having to, you know, fully engage, you know, with, with us at, at that point or with, with someone else early on. I think I think that's awesome too. I you know as a CPA, I think at least me personally, and I think maybe a lot of CPAs try to do a lot of this stuff on their own that they shouldn't even do it from the financial planning and even that standpoint. Honestly, I really wasn't working with a financial planner until the last year or two, which is probably a really bad advice DYI on my own end. So I think anybody out there listening from a CPA standpoint that uh, can see what Matt's doing, advising his clients, I would highly recommend it. You probably had questions the whole time, right? As things popped up and 30 bucks a month isn't that much to a Henry couple making five, 600,000 a year. So our idea is they get in there, they can ask some of those questions and we should be able to generate a lot more value than that really easily. The mis- just the mistakes I've I've seen by the time someone comes to me or that have come to Eric that people could have taken advantage of, they could have saved thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds sometimes on the qualified small business stock stuff. If this would have done like one little thing differently or right. asked earlier. Yep. So that's our goal is to to find those people to help them and to give them some of this advice, you know, via our financial planning club and the podcast. 
I think that's, I was going to say, I was about to get to the point where we did any final thoughts on that, but I think you just wrapped it up uh, nicely there, unless you wanted to add anything else that, that you didn't summate so well. I think we covered it. We're going to, we found everything off the retire acronym. So we're going to have a monthly theme in the, the club and, you know, spend, you know, a month going over the risk management stuff and stuff on the expense management, right? So we're going to go keep going along with that retired theme. It's just going to be more content and a little more personalized inside the club as opposed to the podcast. But the podcast itself will always be free and available to anyone to go listen to and download. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I Like I said, my kids are mid, mid-20s. mid I am immediately let, telling them to go start listening from episode one, which was the introduction. Episode two is really where you start talking about the retire. I am definitely uh, uh, going to do that. And, and, and all their friends. I've, I've coached about a thousand kids over my life. I think I need to get to all of them now and tell them they need to do this and they'll be thrilled, uh, you know, the 20 years down the road uh, from everything that they learned and, and put into place. So, uh, well, I appreciate that. I, I'm just, the more I listen to the podcast, the more I'm like, man, this is just unbelievable information. I wish somebody would have done this with me um, 35 years ago because I would have retired 10 years ago already. No, I enjoy what I, I enjoy what I do, but, but I would have had that opportunity. So, all right, let's, uh, so we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but I want to talk to you about one thing specific that, you know, reading your bio and I've seen this a few places and I'm intrigued by people that put in all the time and effort to get to the uh, top of the mountain in a certain activity, whether it is being a CPA or whether it's being, you know, whatever, uh, online poker, but whatever it is, but what, reading yours, and I'm really uh, uh, fond of, uh, of athletics, you were, uh, it seems like a pretty good swimmer in your day, huh? And a lot of time chasing the black line, Randy, at the bottom <laughs> of the pool. So <laughs> the, that's what you call it, chasing the black line. I like that. So, so give me a little idea. I saw you, you it was at the University of California, Santa, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, yes. And, and I think I saw you were two-time is that pack wait pack west is there big west what is the conference yeah we were big west at the time and you were two-time swimmer of the year yep that's pretty high up there yeah not too bad um <laughs> you know i started swimming i think and uh we have like we call rec or, or club swimming when i was like seven i think in the summers it's very popular here in california especially like in the bay area northern california and then i started swimming year round when i was 10 and uh you know, I, I excelled at it. My dad was actually a swimmer also. So we have a little bit of it in the genes. Yep. And uh, I did, did pretty well in high school. I got to travel around the country to various swim meets and, and uh, be a part of the, the national competition scene, which was fun. That led to a full ride scholarship in college. So college was free. A lot of hours. It's, you know, morning and afternoon practice five days a week and then morning practice on Saturdays. So like I said, a lot of time chasing the black line, but it really instilled discipline and delayed gratification, I think are the biggest things. And there's no, there's no, like, unless you're Michael Phelps, there's no career in swimming. So you have to, you know, also make sure you're not just trying to go pro or something like, you know, I, I feel for sometimes the the minor league baseball guys that like think they're almost going to make it and they spend like years and years in the right. minors making nothing you know, rather than going in the career. So I did something all through high school and college. I was fortunate enough to compete the Olympic trials in 2000. So I got to swim there. I have swam against Michael Phelps before in the 400 IM in the same heat. You can guess who won that race, but. Well, you um, obviously. 
Yeah, not even close. I think I barely saw his feet. A lot of bubbles. Swimming was my life all the way through college, basically. And then when I graduated, I had to, you know, find something else. And that's when I found accounting and taxes, especially. And that's been my my main focus since then. And but early on, I always had the swimming stuff in my bio because that was like that defined me for the longest time. I still try and swim a little bit, but with COVID, a lot of the pools are closed, so it's kind of a bummer. The only other thing I do now is my buddies and I do an annual relay race every summer at Lake Tahoe. The Olympic Club puts on something called the Trans Tahoe Relay, and uh, that's a blast. That's the only competition thing I still do. So you get a team of six people. You get a boat. Everyone takes a turn. It's about, um, I want to say it's like 10, 12 miles, something like that. It, it takes about four hours for us to wow. come. So wow. everybody goes 30 minutes until you're through one round, and then everyone goes 10 minutes till you're done. But it's a lot of fun, and that's that's the the only sim competition thing I, I still do. Well, that's nice. So, the, so that's one question I was going to ask. Uh, was it uh, was it ever a job? And I'm guessing it felt like it, but there, you still obviously have a passion for it if you continue to do it, which is cool to see. Clears my mind. You know, I, I run a lot too now um, because it's a little easier to go out and run than to do the swimming, but it's the same thing. You just kind of get into a groove. And I actually spend a lot of time thinking about my business and ideas pop into my head, kind of like shower thought type things, you know, but it happens when you're in the pool or when you're running, when you just kind of, you're going with the flow and let your brain relax. So I, it's a really important part of just my routine is, is exercise and swimming serves that function quite well. Yeah, it's funny. Enough, funny is the right word, but a lot of the people that I had on the podcast have said similar things that running or some kind of athletics is, helps them just in business as well, which makes a lot of sense. And I, you can see why they're leaders in their industry just because of that. So, so I appreciate the time here today. Before we final wrap up, uh, contact information, obviously we know the podcast, uh, website, LinkedIn, anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, the Avocado Toast podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, you can go to our website, um, avocadotoastpodcast.com to learn more. There's a um, link on there to the club. If you want to learn more about the club, I'd encourage anyone to sign up to our email list. They can learn a little bit more about that when we're uh, launching here shortly. My firm, Wheeler Accountants, we're at wheelercpa.com. And then we're obviously all over social on both of those. So Twitter, Facebook, the whole, the whole deal were available there. All right. Well, that's awesome. Well, you and I uh, got to have a beer together virtually a week or two ago. I'm looking forward to uh, being able to travel again and have a, a beer in person. So um, I, again, appreciate you having on the show. I thought I think this is invaluable information and, and maybe I'm somewhat biased because of the age of my kids, but I could see this uh, 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 being awesome information. So again, thanks. Thanks for having me, Randy. Thank you for joining us today. And you can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode, where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading edge management techniques and styles. This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.